never say that. Goonies never say die. Hello, everybody, and welcome to 40 Going On 14. I am Mike. I am Patrick. I'm Joel. And I'm Josh, and this week we're talking about hobbies. Whatever your hobbies might be, whether they're stamp collecting or bird watching or just holding back the inevitable darkness for one more day. It sounded out, it came out, started out so happy. Yeah. Bird collecting or stamp watching. (laughs) It wasn't the bird collecting that got me, it was the stamp watching. If you like stamp watching, maybe you'll find some stamp listening on Geek Life Radio. You'll find such shows in addition to us on Saturdays at noon. That's our time slot. You'll also find the Shining Wizards Wrestling Podcast, HTML All the Things, the Day One Patch Podcast, and of course, Geek Life Radio's own Rad Dad Radio Hour, the Smorgasbord. Da 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 da. Nickelodeon of Frankenstein. <laughs> I think he got it. I think I really think he got it. You nailed we, it. We did discover in the pre-show that, that Frankenstein by Edgar Winter and the Nickelodeon theme song have the same opening melody. riff. Yeah. yeah, pretty close. Yeah. Josh. See, that is not the opening we, riff. We also discovered Foghorns. Yes, I was going to say, no, that's the opening to Scooby-Doo. Ah. <laughs> Ooh, it is, isn't it? If you're looking for some more of this, you can find us on uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TalkShoe, Podverse, FM, Noon, Geek Life Radio, as Josh said, Spotify, iHeartRadio. We are all over the place, but definitely wherever you listen to us, uh, leave us a uh, review. Give us a star rating or whatever, or uh, you can also call us at 708-NOW-RAP. 708-669-9727. Call us and uh, give us a show idea. Let us know what you're thinking. Or if you can head over to our Facebook page, just look for 40 going on 14 on Facebook and click whatever the button says. What is the button? Contact us. Something like that. I don't know. Uh, it'll take you call to us? our... Call us. That's it? That's it? Yes, please. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Whatever. Whatever the button is. Click the button. It'll take you to our Discord. And uh, just I want... the bean. Flick the bean and go to our Discord, and it is lively. We have got a lot of chat going on, talking with the other listeners from all over the world, and uh, just chatting up a storm, coming up with show ideas, talking about the shows that we have out now. I think uh, we were just some of the other listeners were giving me some advice on smoking meat. I was just about to say, there's a lot of grills and smokers chat. It's a keto friendly channel. It, it is. is definitely a keto friendly chat. Yeah, join us there. We'd love to have you on. But uh, click that button, join us on there, and uh, yeah. Learn about shuffles. Yes. Yes. Just leave your carbs at the door. Carbs. Send them to me. Yep. I'm I'm, I'm all about the carbs. I got them. I'll take your gluten, too. Mm, gluten. Sinner. So uh, later in the show, uh, you know, Mike, we're going to have something from Geek Life Music. Yes, we are. We are uh, now experimenting with a little... Uh, Geek Life Radio uh, actually does a live stream of nerdcore and uh, similar music that continues 24 hours a day. So you can go on there and play that uh, stream when you're doing your work day or whatever and listen to what to all the show, uh, songs that come up. And uh, we are putting the bridge as a song. So normally nice. we would have a rendition of our theme song. Now we're going to have a short snippet of a song from Geek Life Radio's stream and the full song at the end of the show. So that way you don't get a little treat of it. If you want to hear the whole song, you can go to the end and I will put a link to the creators in our show notes. Nice. Yeah. 
On that informative note, I think it's about that time. It is. This week in music, movies, and TV. Sports! <laughs> Still fell off a cliff. <laughs> we all need our hobbies. Joel's hobby is falling off of things. He's uh, not wrong. Stacking things on top of another. Uh, August 3rd, 1972. That is the uh, date that we're going with for the this weekend. That is the founding of the first Hobby Lobby in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. So is it Which missing? Is... Oh, sorry. What no, I was just going to point out that Hobby Lobby is like the only store with hobby in it. That is really not what you'd consider a. I'm not complaining about the theme so much, but for, especially for our non-American listeners, Hobby Lobby isn't actually a hobby shop. It's a craft store. Right. It's more craft than anything. Yeah, it's crafty. It's, it's just my type. It's crafty. <laughs> but I mean, if you're it, if you're into certain types of hobbies, especially like miniature buildings, things like that, it's a it's a nice place to shop. It's got a lot yeah. of stuff. Like for, like for gamers, if you want to get stuff for doing tabletop uh, miniatures gaming, want to build a mountain or build something like that, they had all that stuff there. Or mm. if you're into like scrapbooking or painting, drawing, you know. right? It's definitely more on the stamp collecting side of the hobbies. Not not so much. Last time I was there, they had. Um, Oh, what's the Japanese robot model kits? Oh, really? That's some like the Gundam kits? Yeah, they had Gundam kits. They had My Hero Academia kits and that sort of thing. I just started watching that. Oh, my! it's been a thing at my house for years. <laughs> Tired of hearing about it. All right. So anyway, August 3rd, 1972. Music, Joel. All right. So the number one song in the land was the, and I quote from the show notes here, God Awful, Alone Again Naturally by Gilbert O'Sullivan. Hit too close to home, there, Pat. I just I hate that song. It's just an awful song. I I, I hated that song long before I was a loner. <laughs> huh. Yeah. See, I don't like that song enough to defend it. I kind of nothing it. So. Yeah. Yeah, it's fine. I guess I hate that one. <laughs> I'm with Josh. I don't have enough chips on the table to care. I agree. I could I could firm with my mother. She she says it's a bad song too. Oh, okay. Well, then I'm I'm all in then. Hi, yep. Pat's mom. <laughs> All right, moving on. Brian Cole was the bass guitar player and one of the founding members of the 1960s folk rock band, The Association. Cole died August 2nd in Los Angeles of a heroin overdose at the age of 29. His son, Jordan Cole, is now a member of The Association, providing keyboards, guitar, vocals, and drums. Brant Cole, one of his other sons, Brant is a December, is a drummer for the Los Angeles bass band Brianna and the Fates. You started talking and I got messed up. So well, no, Brant, because because I went in and, and did a, a late edit and I realized just now that it was an unnecessary edit. I thought so, I forgot the name Brant, so I put it in the wrong spot and I realized it was twice in there. So one of his other sons, Brant Cole, is a drummer for the Los Angeles bass band Brianna and the Fates. Correct. I like I like the association. Me too. They're fun. Right. Not familiar with Brand and the Fates, though. Yeah, they got yeah, their, their songs are mostly very upbeat and and poppy and fun. Yeah, like Along yeah. Comes Mary. That's a great song. Yeah. Uh, Never My Love. It's a little bit slower, but that's a great. Oh, that song. is a good one. I, I forgot they did that one. Yeah, I was gonna say I didn't realize that those were both the Association. Yeah, association yep. did, and that and um, Windy. Yep. Yeah. Everyone oh, knows it's Windy. Another slower one, Cherish. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I really like the association. Yeah, they they, <laughs> they put out a lot. They're another one of those bands, like like you just said. I didn't know they did that, but they put out a lot of good stuff. Yeah. Oh yeah. 
James Moyer Franks, born August 27th in Pennsylvania, is better known by his stage name, Jimmy Pop, which was originally Jimmy Pop Ali. He is an American rapper, singer, musician, and composer. He is best known as a lead vocalist, rhythm guitarist, primary songwriter, and one of the founding members of the comedic rock band, The Bloodhound Gang. I uh, did an interview with Jimmy Pop. Really? Yep. Me? Well, when I was on The Awful Show, it was a Philadelphia slash Pennsylvania based podcast, and uh, uh, the guys knew Jimmy Pop, so we had him on the show. That's pretty oh, cool. That is pretty sweet. Yep. I think I think Bloodhound Gang is like a guilty pleasure type band for the entire world. I really only know their one song, but I do like that song. So Charlie Brown? No, the um um it, the lap dance is only <laughs> lap dance is no, only I, yeah, I'm aware of that song, but I don't really know it. No, I'm <laughs> Uh, uh, the, the one about um um Chelsea Lane. We ain't nothing but mammals. Let's do it like they do on the Discovery Channel. That song. Oh yeah, yeah it's got an unusual name, I think. Yeah, oh, I can't think of the name of it. Yeah, we'll call it the Bloodhound Gang song. It's the Bad Touch. Bad yeah, touch. yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Once I put the video on for Suzanne, not the too long, she's like, song. "What is going on?" The one where they're all dressed as monkeys running around in France. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and finally. Geraldine Estelle Hallowell Horner, born August 6th, is an English singer, songwriter, author, actress, and philanthropist. She rose to prominence in the 1990s as Ginger Spice, a member of the pop girl group The Spice Girls. With over 90 million records sold worldwide, the group became the best-selling female group of all time, and the movie was actually kind of fun. I agree. Hmm. Spice up your life. I have not seen that movie. We watched a bad movie night at Dennis's. Nice. I have seen it simply because my uh, oldest niece uh, was a big fan of the Spice Girls back in the day, so I, she used to play it all the time. Now, yeah. which Spice Girl was your favorite? Mine? Hey, uh, it, it goes to all of you. Um, if you had to pick one. Back in the day, before I heard more about like her personality and whatnot, uh, my favorite was Posh. <laughs> I would have to go with Ginger, just for obvious reasons. The only knowledge I know of the Spice Girls outside of what you've just said and the fact Go with that they baby. have a, You like baby. Do, it, I don't know if I want to say that out loud. Baby Spice. Yeah, she's a, a she's little the blonde girl. Okay. I own a Spice I own Spice World, but the only reason I own Spice World is because it yeah, gave that, that you a game? Yeah. It gave you a rare monster in Monster Rancher back when it first came out. Oh, we we oh. we brought this up a couple times. Yeah, I yeah, that's that. come up. I, 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 he he might go for scary spice, but uh, I yeah, go sure. with sporty. Sure, that'd be my choice. All right, moving on to movies. The number one movie in the land was The Godfather, which was towards the end of its twenty-three week run at the top. Holy cats! You know, every time he got out of the top five or whatever, they kept pulling him back in. Yeah. <laughs> I respect and hate you. Doesn't mean it's not funny. I saw that would come in, but it doesn't mean it wasn't funny. All right. <laughs> Andrea Andrea Feldman was an American actress and Warhol superstar. She was a mentally ill heiress. According to friends, her family had endless money for everything but mental health. When she had nervous breakdowns, her parents would send her to state hospitals instead of privatized care. On August 8th, several days before Warhol's Heat was set to be released, a movie that was reported to make Feldman a star, she summoned several ex-boyfriends to her apartment to witness what she called her final starring role. Her plan was to have all her exes down on the sidewalk when she jumped from the 14th floor with a note that said, I'm headed for the big time. I'm on my way up there with James Dean and Marilyn Monroe. I hit the jackpot. The release of Warhol's Heat, in which she had a much larger role than in previous Warhol films, garnered positive reviews of Feldman's performance. 
Judith Christ, a critic for New York Magazine, wrote the most striking performance. In large part, non-performance comes from the late Andrea Feldman as the flat-voiced, freaked-out daughter, a mass of psychotic confusion, infantile, and heartbreaking. Yikes. Absorbed. Wow. That's a hell of a story. Right? Yeah. That's why I had to include it. I'm like, damn. That's nuts. <laughs> hey, we have our uh, daughter here who's got some mental uh, illness problems. Let's get her attached to Andy Warhol. What can go worth wrong with that, huh? <laughs> All right. Uh, films released this week included Deliverance, Junior Bonner, and the acronym of the week, which is TMSR, which I'm pretty sure stands for Too Many Serial Rapists. Jesus Christ. <laughs> what the hell? I was going to make an ASMR joke, but I'm not going to anymore. <laughs> I decided to go just a little too far with that one. Oh, my God. No, 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 sir. That is that is the Magnificent Seven ride. You were way off. Oh, my God. <laughs> well. Just made me see Yul Brenner in a totally different view. <laughs> From behind? You're done. Oh. You are now Foghorn for the rest of the show. <laughs> every, every time he speaks the rest of the show just replace it with that sound <laughs> mm-hmm. I plan on it alright so TV the top shows in the land were All in the Family Sanford and Son Hawaii Five O, and Maud it's very familiar to, if they were to remake Maud who would they cast as Maud hmm. I'm thinking yeah I mean be would Arthur's. they remake Maud Laura Linney I mean who she's Laura too Linney. pretty well alright then the Kathy Arthur wasn't uh, mm. trying Juliana, to Moore. Juliana Moore. She's oh, I can see that. Julianne Moore. Julianne uh, Moore is gorgeous. I'm trying. Yeah, to I love Julianne of... Moore. I think she's gorgeous. But okay. I, I think that would be the new twist on it. Is that she's beautiful? Yeah, beautiful feminist. Are you telling me that B. Arthur Sandra is Bernhard. not? Ugh. <laughs> that's the reaction you have when you think of B. Arthur. That's not a bad. That's not a bad choice, actually. Yeah, it really isn't. But ugh. All right, so. Will Wheaton, American actor and nerd icon, known mostly for playing Wesley on Star Trek Next Generation, shut up, Wesley, <laughs> was born in Burbank, California on July 29th. He also had the lead role in Stand By Me and has made appearances as himself on The Big Bang Theory. I love Will Wheaton. Yep. I'm so glad you didn't say Big Bang Theory. I've never seen Big Bang Theory. I've seen just enough for me never to watch it again. I'm I'm not taking. We're this not. Road. Yeah, we're not yeah. going to go. We're, we're not going down again. this road. Yeah, we all know how we feel about Big Bang Theory. All right. On August fifth, the Adams Family actor John Aston wed actress Patty Duke, though not his son through birth. Patty's young son Sean took on Aston's surname when she became pregnant with their daughter, so that both children would have the same surname. And later, Sean Aston would become a Hollywood star in his own right. It's another guy. I love Sean Aston. I do too. Goonies, Lord of the Rings. Rudy. Rudy. And he came up last week on the show, too. Yeah. Everything's coming up. Sean Astin. Stranger Astin Things. Cast. Don't forget about Stranger Things. Oh, stra- oh Stranger oh, Things. Bob. I was so Poor excited Bob. and so happy, and then I was like, uh-huh. I ripped my Poor. heart out, man. We all thought Bob was going to be an inside agent, and he turned out, no, uh, just a good guy. Just the guy is going to be eaten by dogs. R.I.P. Bob. Poor Bob. Bob. <laughs> and moving on to sports. On July 31st, Dick Allen of the Chicago White Sox became only the seventh player in MLB history to hit two inside-the-park home runs in a single game. Both came against Burt Blylevin of the Minnesota Twins in the first and fifth innings to help lift the White Sox to an 8-1 to victory. 
you guys know what an inside the park home run is, right? It's kind of obvious yeah. by the name. Yeah. yeah. All right. On August 5th, Detroit Tigers shortstop Ed Brinkman committed an error, ending his then MLB record of 72 games and 331 total chances without making a misplay. Good God. I need to take a breath before this one. Need to Akib, take a shot before this one. <clears throat> Akib Javed was born August 5th. A Pakistani cricket coach and former cricketer, he was a right-handed, fast-medium pace bowler with the ability to swing the ball both ways. He played 22 tests and 163 one-day internationals for Pakistan between 1988 and 1998. Currently, he is appointed as director of cricket operations and bowling consultant for Lahore Qalandar's franchise cricket team in Pakistan's Super League. He coached Pakistan's U19 team to victory in the 2004 U19 Cricket World Cup. Since 2016, he has been head coach of the Qalandar's. All right. I got through that all right. You did. Yeah, yeah I'd say you did a good job. Director of when, cricket when operations. Pasted, when I cut and pasted, I was very f- afraid. I was like, oh. <laughs> Why am I doing this to myself? Exactly. I was like, dude, you could just delete this if you. I was like, no. Yep, so play us off, keyboard, Joel. No, not, 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 not. I am honestly amazed you did not go with the foghorn. Very runny playoff Ew. instead. <laughs> that would be the obvious joke if I would have. Yeah. Yeah, he never goes go with the obvious route, yeah. Mike. You never go with the easy humor. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so hobbies. First question I have on the list. What qualifies as a hobby? Is it, you know, how long do you have to do something for it to be a hobby? You know, is it a week? Is it a day? I mean, do you, I've had hobbies that have lasted less than a month. So what do you think? Hmm. Yeah, I don't think length of time necessarily dictates a hobby. Yeah. Because you could come and go from the hobby, perhaps. Like... It's not the only thing you do, but you do it a little bit, and then like a couple of years later, you pick it up again. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you definitely don't have to. I don't. I don't think like like amount of time spent or or, or ability to be proficient at it even is necessarily a qualifier for whether it's a hobby or not. I mean, well, you could count art as a hobby and be horrible at it, and it's still your hobby. The dictionary de- definition of the word hobby is an activity done regularly in one's leisure time for pleasure. I did that on purpose. That's a that's a pretty good definition. I mean, yeah, that's kind of the way I would define it. Is, is if you're not working and you're not sleeping and you don't have anything to do, this is something that you do because you you want to. That's a hobby. Now, are sports hobbies? Yeah, I can yeah. So. yeah. If you're not okay. getting paid for them, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I tend to exclude. Uh, team sports from hobbies, but like I wouldn't argue too hard with someone that didn't. Well, I mean, if if in that same breath is playing in a band or being musical, is that a hobby, or does that fall in the same category as sports? See, that's interesting to me because, like, I don't know, Garage Band don't feel particularly hobbyish to me, but like if you're making beats on a computer, that does, and I'm not sure why I feel that way or what the difference is. Oh, well, there you go. There, There's maybe the definition that you're looking for. Is hobby a singular activity that you do by yourself, or is a hobby something you do with others? No, because role-playing games are absolutely hobbies. Okay. 
Yeah, I think either or. I think at certain at a certain point, I think it almost becomes a financial qualifier where like if you start making too much money at a hobby, it stops becoming a hobby and starts becoming a profession. Well, if you start making any money as a hobby, I don't think any money. I mean, you could still like you could you could like like uh, like our friend uh, friend of the podcast Joe Dane. He paints miniatures. If he started selling his miniatures to people, I don't think that would suddenly make him make it not his hobby just because he sold you know five percent of his collection or whatever. Okay, I'll give you that. You have to make a certain amount before it starts becoming a profession. I think. Hmm. What well, that amount pa- is, I don't really know. I yeah. Mean, well, I think I think it's more of a um, a state of mind for the hobby. It's like yeah. if you're if you're doing a hobby and you're like, oh, I'm gonna I gotta paint, you know, I'm gonna sell some of these miniatures. I'm gonna paint some up today. Finish up this. Finish up that. Versus, I've got to paint. 30 miniatures today or I won't be able to pay my rent. Mm-hmm. Right. Then it's crossed over. And it's kind of, it's kind of like I, I would I would almost lean slightly towards the definition of what, what makes someone a professional gambler. It basically, And it's really simple. It's basically does more than 50% of your annual income come from that source? You know, if, if, if more than 50% of your income comes from playing poker, then you're a professional poker player. Maybe you like could if, say that if it's something you need to do, it's not a hobby. And we're not talking compulsion. We're talking like actual need. I could see that. Yeah, that's that's fair for sure. Well, all right. So now that we have the parameters in line, what is the first hobby you remember having? Model railroading. Really interesting. That is like the only mainline hobby I have never had. I've dabbled in virtually everything else, and I've never done that. My father had a, a, a large collection of model railroad cars and trains and stuff that he didn't really do anything with. And um, one day I just decided to set up a, a, a little model railroad set up in the garage, and he and I did it together, and it was kind of a thing we set up. And, and that, so that was the, probably the first hobby I ever had. Huh, that's like heartwarming and shit. Yep. Huh. Uh, I mean, I don't know if this qualifies, but uh, drawing and writing was probably the first thing that I really got into. But if we're talking about like with a collecting aspect, I mean, what kid didn't love action figures? And especially with Star Wars being a thing when we were just little tykes. Shit, man, that was... That was the thing. Collecting action figures? Yeah. I mean, that was certainly a a hobby. I mean, I played with them, but there was also an aspect of, you know, you're looking for a certain one, and, you know, you got them displayed, and it's not just a... You got them all in your Darth Vader Star Wars action figure case? Exactly. Yeah. I have one of those to this day. So do I. It's in the basement. Mine's in a box right now, unfortunately. In a basement. The earliest hobby thing I can remember, because there's going to be a lot of them from when I was a little kid, but uh, the earliest one I can actually remember was super fucking dangerous. It was pouring uh, lead uh, to make uh, model soldiers. I was going to say base jumping. No, it was like working with actual <laughs> molten Eight-year-old lead. Eight-year-old Josh base jumper. <laughs> Uh, I, the kit was probably from the fifties. Yeah, one of those yeah, things with, you would order from the Sears catalog. Yeah, yeah, with my my dad, and it was probably something he had as a kid. I, I 
was not allowed to like heat the lead myself. And, you know, playing with toy soldiers made from lead is probably not the best thing, but (laughs) you got that. And you got the, uh, science kit that had a little jar of uranium in it. (laughs) You didn't eat any of the lead figures. Did you? No, not as far as I know. (laughs) (laughs) Not that he'd remember. Huh. What about you, Mike? I'm trying to think. It's like going back. I'm thinking of trying to think back in grade school. And it sounds, I I don't want to sound trite, but I've been drawing as a hobby for like most of my life. I have just always been drawing that. And I mean, my mom bought me my first D&D books when I was like eight, nine years old. So gaming, you know, reading the red box and reading the blue box for D&D is forefront in my mind and getting art stuff for Christmas and birthdays and that sort of thing. You know, it's funny. I uh, When I was a little kid, I, I had the – I still have down in the basement somewhere, like one of the first edition monster manuals and uh, red, the red book for D&D. Mm-hmm. And didn't have anybody to play with, didn't really know what it was, but I liked the artwork and I, you know, read through it and I didn't pick up role playing until I was high school. So that's funny. That, yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and besides tried, model trains, yeah. I would go with, um, obviously reading and writing were, were early hobbies of mine as well from, from the get go. Yeah. We've all yeah. got that in common, I think. Yeah, I remember being in a D&D group in grade school. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I tried to like get my dad and brother and the neighborhood kids to play, but uh high school is really where D&D took off for me, but yeah, I was getting the books and like preparing to run that kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. If anybody wants to play, I'm ready. Yeah, I've been writing adventures since I was like 10, yeah. 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 Yeah, you know, I remember I was okay. say, I remember we had a after school D and D group at Northview Elementary School, out where I grew up, and it my first character that I ever rolled up was named Springer <laughs> because I put I put uh, skills into him being into his uh, jump skills. What was his? What kind of? He was, a rogue. he was a rogue. He could jump. That's what, yeah, what do you that need? That was his thing. I mean, dude, come on. I was in like fifth grade. What do you want from me? I was going to say, well, I, it's well documented on this show that my first uh, D&D was played in second grade. So I played a thief named Thief. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. Um, you know, the the first what, real like thing that I would have considered a hobby, like, by my internal definition is when I started collecting comic books, which was probably about 87. Okay. And carried that well on through college briefly. Uh, but that was like, I mean, anytime there was a convention in town, I would go to typically with Matt Brown. Um, I made friends with the artists at the artist table and the dealers. And I'd go to the comic shop every single week. And that was that was like my mainline heroin was was comic books. Yeah, 
I remember my first comic that I ever bought that was like, wait a second, these things tell a whole story was ElfQuest. Oh, yeah. You're, I forgot you're an ElfQuest guy. Yeah, I was an ElfQuest guy for the first series, <clears throat> and I bought that at Walden Books. Jesus, why do I remember that? <laughs> Nobody else remembers Walden, but well, people <laughs> our age remember Walden Books. <laughs> Remember the, when there was more than one bookstore in the mall? Yeah. <laughs> uh, those are the days. Yeah, I also did a lot of the crafty kinds of hobbies because uh, we'll, we'll get to this later, but like my mom in particular had a lot of hobbies and sometimes I would get like want to do the wood burning or the like shrunken apple head figure, which those were badass. Shrunken apple heads were cool. Yeah, that's something that, like, a lot of people, if, if you were born after the 70s, you have no idea what the fuck I'm talking about. Yeah. We did shrunken apple heads in fifth grade, and everybody, because you, you would cut up the apple, you carve the face, shrink it down, and you put it on a, um, like, a bottle of dish detergent to make the body. That's what they did. And I got... I got shit from the students and I got shit from the teacher because I did this really cool carving of a dried apple face, dried it out. It looked awesome. And I spent so much time doing the carving on the apple that I really didn't have time to do the actual body. So I took one of my sister's Barbie dolls and I ripped the head off and I just jammed the apple. (laughs) (laughs) And I brought it in, and I was like, it was on this stand. I'm like, there you go, there's my Apple doll. And they're like, that's a Barbie. I'm like, no, the Apple head, it's an Apple doll. And everybody was like, all right, you technically did the assignment. I'm like, that's a freaking beautiful Apple head. So I put all my time, and then it got down to the point where, like, other kids, like, the teacher gave me an A because the head was carved so well, but the body was shit. It was just literally a Barbie doll. (laughs) I actually got, there was a fight in class. <laughs> One of the kids threw a punch at me because he was pissed that he got a B and then we both wound up in the principal's office and the principal's like, what have I done with my life? He Why said, you're I- a couple of rotten apples. Oh yeah, that's exactly it. He knew yeah. early on. I remember taking like the little, little beads, like the black beads and sewing them into the eye sockets. Yeah. So they could look like little old ladies or witches. Yeah, like the little bitty pony beads. Yeah. Yeah. Did that. God, that was the thing. Another thing. Now, Josh, you and I kind of had this, which was for me, I in, in thinking about things was actually kind of a hobby. But the choose your own adventure and fighting fantasy game books. I That's collected true. those. And that was a thing. Yeah, I mean, book collections, for sure, that that was a thing. Yeah. Although I never thought of that as my hobby. Like, I I did bounce through the, like, I had a stamp album. I had a small coin collection. Yeah, I had a small coin collection, but my biggest collection was uh, basketball cards. Okay. I, I don't know if you guys remember, I had, like, a couple of bins of basketball cards at the house apartment. Yeah. That I sold off to the landlord. Stickers! I used to collect stickers. I forgot oh, about shit. that. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, my obsession with stickers is also well documented. Yeah, we went yes. over that in the collections episode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
but wow. um did Man. your did your mom or dad have a hobby that was like you know, I can't do this because dad's yeah. doing blah, 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 or mom's doing blah, blah, blah this weekend. Uh, my mom had had, and I don't know if she still does, to be honest. I think she still does. But she used to read a book a night, and her favorite books to read were Harlequin romance novels. And she literally had stacks of them. In her Wait, room. She'd read it a whole... I mean, I'm not saying it's like challenging reading, but she'd, she'd read a whole novel a night? Yep. I mean, the, if you've ever seen a Harlequin novel, they're only like, I don't know, 150 100 pages, pages yeah. or something. Yeah, they're oh, pretty small. Okay. But yeah, she'd, she'd buy them by the you know, basket full and then she'd just read one a day practically. And yeah, my, my friend Billy, she, she literally reads a, a novel a day. Of real novels. <laughs> She's a wow. voracious reader. Yeah. yeah, Harlequins don't count. Huh. Uh, but my dad, I, he, he was, he was, he still is really into like, uh, science fiction film and TV shows, primarily like, like the, the B grade stuff, but anything science fiction related, like movies or TV, that's always been his thing. Like that his, his, like his pastime, you know? Cool. My dad was big into ham radio. <laughs> I can see that. And Dude. building kayaks. Yeah, building no, no building kayaks didn't come until he uh the building the boats and everything didn't kick that's in now. until after he retired. Yeah. Yeah, that's a recent thing. Like when we were living in the house before they moved into now, my dad went out and bought like yards and yards of copper wire and these ceramic um I don't even know how to put them. They were like, like you'd want to wrap the wire around something, and you'd have this thing there so the wire didn't actually yeah, insula- touch insulator it. caps. Yeah, yeah, like like insulator caps or like cer- ceramic uh, channels and that sort of thing. And he went into our attic and basically turned it into this spider web of copper into the attic of the house, and then wired all that down to his ham radio. And he, w- I would see him down, I'd hear him downstairs, and he'd be on the radio. And he'd have, Talking to Australian submarines. <laughs> oh, my God. He'd be like, CQ, CQ, CQ. You know, and, and finally, he's like, hey, come on down here. I want you to talk to me. It's like, hey. You know, he does a CQ. He's like, all right. Hello, how are you? You know, this sort of thing. We're talking back and forth. You know, you know where are you at? And my dad, I'm like, who are you talking to? He's like, I'm talking to Ice Station Zero. <laughs> I'm like, what? Like, that's in Antarctica. We're in northern Illinois. How the hell are you getting to Antarctica on this little box in our, you know? And he was like, oh, well, you know, I looked at the weather channel today, and there's a storm front going on in South America, and that kind of curves the signal and blah, blah, blah. And he gives me this whole explanation. I'm like, who are you? What? And he got a card. They, one of the things with the hobby of um, ham radio is when you make contact with somebody across the globe, you give them your address and they send you a, uh, a ham radio card that has their call sign on it and all that, all the, the ham radio number and all that. So you have like a proof that you got in touch with this person. So weeks later, uh, we got a ham card from ice station zero. Damn. I know. I'm like, what, how do you know this? 
So that was my dad's thing. My mom's thing, man, it was like spin the wheel, dude. She had like a, a hobby every a hobby every every month. She did uh, ceramics where they were doing, you know, they would go to the ceramic store and you get the pre molded like uh, Christmas tree that you put the little in, little um, lights into and the light in the bottom and it all glow from the bottom type of thing. Or uh, then you have to take it back to the store and they put it in the kiln. She did that for a long while. She she has a was got into her head that she was going to do uh, weaving. So they have a loom in their basement now. Uh, the longest one that she ever had was uh, porcelain dolls. Oh, where, yes. Oh, where she had a, she still has it. There's a full kiln in her basement right now. And I used to, I got drug into it where I would help her pouring molds and making these doll heads and hands and that sort of thing where she'd be able to put them in the kiln and uh, bake them in the kiln. And then she would paint them and she's really good with the painting. And she created a business off of it. She was like selling dolls for a long while where people would like give her a picture of their kid and she would make a doll that looked identical to the kid. Nightmare fuel. (laughs) Well, the other thing was, uh, we would make money doing um, Christmas ornaments. So I would pour, they called the, um, it was liquid porcelain. They call that slip. I'd pour the slip into the molds and I'd make the porcelain ornaments. And then when I would decorate, I would use the brushes and paint like holly on them and Christmas trees and that sort of thing. And I would personalize them by going to these doll shows with my mom. So I would sell the Christmas ornaments with my mom there and, like five, ten bucks a piece. Put your name on them, put the date on it, that sort of thing. So I got drug into that. How artsy of you. What's uh, wild is we also had a kiln in the basement, although it was for the, it wasn't for dolls, it was for more standard ceramics. And I don't think it was ever used in my memory. And my mom also made dolls for people, but hers were sewn. Oh, okay. So she did like like where you put like the um, like the nylon stocking and yes, exactly oh. like that. And she even made them like full size, so like a clown. One dude who was a clown ordered it as like a, a dance partner for his routine. Yikes! Wow. Uh, he actually cool. paid for that doll with an antique record player, like an Edison. Huh. She uh, drifted through learning magic tricks, which was one that uh, I I jumped in on. I was all about that for a while. Uh, But her longest one, probably aside from doll collecting, was tap dancing. Really? Yeah, tap dancing with like a bunch of other like middle age or older ladies. (laughs) My my mother always wanted to be a dancer. I'm surprised she never really got into Tap dancer. Yeah. And uh, my dad's main main thing was uh, antique cars, which I'm pretty sure I mentioned on the show before. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was a pretty fucking sweet hobby, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, I I think that he's still got one or two of the cars, but over the years he got there. At one point, he was renting like three of the neighborhood garages and there were like, I don't know, eight or nine cars. Oh, wow. Now, what kind of cars was he doing? 
We're talking everything back from third. Uh, he had two thirty-seven Chevys, and I think he's still got one of them. The nineteen sixty Buick Electra. Um, yeah, he had stuff from from the thirties all the way uh, through the seventies. Very cool. Yeah, a lot of a couple from the fifties, but the ones I remember best were the sixty Buick Electra and the uh, and the pair of thirty-eight Chevys. Okay, nice. Now, have you ever had a family member that gave you a Christmas or and or birthday gift that was like, oh, this is be a totally great hobby for so-and-so? Myself, I had one aunt that was – I don't know why she had this thing that I wanted to collect stamps, <laughs> but I didn't. You were more of a stamp watcher. Yeah, I, I, like, to, I like to watch stamps. Yeah, she, she was like <laughs> – Oh, she, she, and she would buy me like the books to put the stamps in and that sort of thing. And I'm like, I have literally no interest in this. You know, you get the little envelope full of stamps from across the world that were, you know, not worth anything or whatever. But I was just like, yeah, thank you. Yeah, get any Hmm. gifts like that? I'm pretty sure I got that gift. Which is fine. I used to get once once I started bartending, I got bartending related gifts all the time. Okay. So I mean it wasn't like a hobby, that was my job. So, it was a I jobby. Got, I got so many wine openers over the years. <laughs> like you people really think I'm drunk all the time, don't you? <laughs> I mean you're right, but rude. Yeah. Yeah. I thought I was, I thought I was covering better, you know. I think the only time I ever got anything even remotely close to that was my dad got me a, like a, uh, one of those sheets for coin collecting where it had like the different slots for the different type of coins to collect. Oh yeah. And you know, it gives you like one or two in the, in the sheet to start, but then from there you got to fill in the rest on your own. Mm-hmm. And I've had zero interest in that. I still have zero interest in that. Although I've inherited some of my father's coin collection, but I never, I never understood it. Never really appealed to me, but I remember getting it and was like, um, thanks. I kind of, I don't want to say I didn't like collect coins because I wanted to, but I worked at a bank for a while and people would bring in, you know, those giant big jar full of coins type of thing. And, You'd run it through the, the through the coin thing, and anything that wasn't an actual in circulation coin would get caught by this like uh, I don't know this trap like a magnetics kind of pseudo trap like basket type of thing. And I would come out and bring people be like, all right, well, here's all the money that you know. Here's how much money you had in that jar. Here are you know fifteen dimes that are mercury head silver dimes that did not go through. They couldn't run through there. Do you want these back? No, I don't want them. I was like, all right, well, you know, it's 80 cents. Here, I'll take them. Now I've got like a bag full of you mercury. A, you worked at a bank and you think 15 dimes is 80 cents? <laughs> I, wasn't a, I wasn't a good teller. <laughs> Why do you think he doesn't work at a bank anymore, Pat? I know, right? <laughs> good point. All right. <laughs> but no, but then people would bring in the coins. So I would get coins from, you know, like overseas. You get coins from Europe, coins from wherever. 
and uh, I would people nobody wanted them back. So eventually, I started getting this coin collection just because I was like, all right, fine, I'll take them home. Nobody wants them. That you know, nobody wants the drachmas. Nobody wants these. I'll. So I got a bag full of coins, especially so like the silver ones, where uh, people would bring them in, and then money that people would come in and want to deposit. And when I have uh, silver certificates, you know, I have one dollar, two dollar. I think I've got a twenty dollar. So a couple. Yeah, those, those are. All, I love those. those oh yeah, with the yeah. blue stamp and all that. Yeah. And there were there were times where people would come and be like, "Yeah, hey, I just need to put the deposit this." And I'm like, "This is a silver certificate. I just want to deposit it." I'm like, "You should take this to." a coin store or a, you know, take this to a store. You will get more money. I, I just want to deposit it. I'm like, all right, dude. So, you know, they deposit it and I come over to another teller and be like, Hey, here's a $20 bill. Here's this $20 bill. You are watching me swap this out. And now I've got a stack of, you know, the, I've got a stack of silver certificates. I found, and people bring in, they found a lot of weird stuff. One time I found a one hitter in a, uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, because people would have, I mean, because the, yeah, I found a bat in there, in there cause, because the machine would pull out anything that wasn't a, a coin that was in circulation. So I'd come back and be like, here's a bunch of Euro coins that didn't make it through. Here's a bunch of, you know, whatever that didn't make it through. And I'm like, and here's this thing. And I put it down in the counter. Like, that was in there. Do you want that back? And the guy's like, no, I do not want that back. That is not mine. Just like whatever, dude. You know, I do not know how that got in there. Ha ha ha! I do not want, know what that is. It's got your name on it. Yeah, <laughs> it's literally engraved, dude. Come on, what do you want? You're high uh, right now. <laughs> but yeah, but there was, you know, I got that's where I kind of got a, a coin collection from, and I took some time and I like made like the silver, uh, the silver dimes, made them into jewelry and that sort of thing. But I didn't. That's as far as I went with that. It's funny you mention picking up coins for a collection from a job. It was a little later, but when I uh, got to Hobbytown, they had the Sacagawea coins that came out. And every single time, just out of habit, one would come through the register, I would just buy it out. And I had a jar for them. And uh, eventually, uh, the jar got transferred to a jug that looked like a genie lamp which was opaque. So I didn't know how much was in there. And I want to say I had like $275 by the time I decided to cash that in. Wow. Yeah. I love I doing just... that kind of stuff. Keeping I keep my singles and my, my change and everything all off to the side all the time. Just stock them up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now what, what hobbies have you attempted and then abandoned? Um, well, I guess we could tie that in with, for me with uh, one of the earlier questions of did a hobby get out of hand? I could tie that both in with the my Magic of the Gathering addiction that I had in college. Oh, dear God, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I was heavily into it, spent a ton of money, sold my collection for a ton of money, and got out and haven't played a single game since. But the funny thing is, is if I had kept it, it would be worth like 10 times as much as what I sold it for now. Don't you, don't, you'll drive yourself nuts, dude. Yeah. That's true. But I definitely got out of hand on that. I was buying boxes of, of cards at a time. And I don't know if you guys remember when I worked at Gamers Paradise, there was the time when I ordered a case of magic cards. Yep. All for myself. I forgot I you myself. ordered a case. <laughs> yeah. 
We remember finding you naked in the living room making magic card angels. <laughs> That's not a joke. Uh, you know, to circle back around to comic books, that that was my main uh hobby for most of my junior high through college and when I when I came to Chicago to go to college with you guys, uh within the first year, my freshman year, I just I couldn't afford it anymore because uh, you know I was going to school and didn't hadn't started working uh you know part time job yet so comic book had to collecting had to go by the wayside and I still have my collection but to kind of also come back around with what Pat was talking about the pride of my collection I when I was a kid we were making a trip to Canada on a family vacation and we were driving. And I had a, saved up my money to buy a copy of Daredevil issue number one from Mile High Comics and drove, picked it up, paid for it with my own money, had it. And then at one point after I got married, uh, we got really hard up for cash. It was the only thing really I had that was worth anything. So I sold it, mm. made a small mm. profit, but... If I would have kept it, it would be worth what? I probably, well, I don't even know how much it's worth these days, but a hell of a lot more than I sold it for. At least $20. <laughs> and I hate that I sold it. I really, really, it's one of my biggest regrets in life. If I, if, if I have any regrets, that's one that I kind of wish I would have kept it because I, I have like I a that. dozen. Uh, of my bas- my highest, most expensive basketball cards left out of my collection that I used to have. I thought and, you were going to say you had a dozen regrets. I was like, I'm pretty sure it's more. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's a dozen regrets just for this month. <laughs> I was going to say, what, that's like today, this yeah, week? Yeah, so I have, you know, I have the same thing. Like if I ever get down to the point where I have to sell those, that will really be just kind of soul-crushing. Like, oh. Because I have one particular card of Elijah Wan, who obviously, as you guys know, is my favorite player. Mm-hmm. It's worth it's mm-hmm. worth like eight hundred dollars, and if I ever have to sell that, I'll be very sad. Probably my biggest failure to launch hobby is Warhammer Fantasy. I played a bunch of forty k, but I have uh, two and a half full Warhammer Fantasy armies probably spent I don't know $1200 on them. I've played the game once. <laughs> wow. Played the uh, game once. And and well, he was the- totally well, wait, he was totally into like getting people in this cuz I remember for my birthday <clears> one year like, "Hey, happy birthday. Here's the Skaven book. Learn to play. Play with me." <laughs> Uh, well, one of the problems with that game is if you don't have somebody else willing to spend as much money as you spend, you you don't have anybody to play. I was yeah. the manager of the biggest Warhammer sh- store. <laughs> I had people. <laughs> I just I would play 40K or D&D or something else, and I'd keep buying these fucking dwarves. <laughs> and that just never made the time to get them onto the table. Wow. Uh, I just looked up data for number one in the condition I had, and it would be somewhere between three to three to six thousand ish now. But I, I don't know. That depends on if I would have kept it in good condition. You, you can't think like that, man. I know it, it is what it is. You'll drive it, yourself nuts. It is what it is. Um, before we 
move on. I don't know if anybody else had anything else to say on that last question, but uh, if, if we were talking about playing music, uh, that was a, that was a hobby. I played bass yeah. guitar and was in bands and sang and uh, from bought my bass guitar at like fourteen and played it all through college and even after college. Uh, haven't played it in a while, but I still got it and a couple other guitars too. Well, that's cool. I'm no Dennis. That's, that that's my abandoned hobby. I bought an acoustic guitar back in 97 and it still has the same strings on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I never learned to play. I tried to play guitar too. Never could. Yeah. I, I played a little guitar in college. I, I, I played enough to be able to like lead, you know, campfire sing-alongs and stuff. It was tiny. Yeah. That's called a ukulele, Pat. <laughs> no, I, I didn't have a tiny guitar. I had a regular guitar. <laughs> I had I had electric and an acoustic and I could I could play them just not real well you know and and never once once I left college I sold. He them totally forgot I, that he said he played a little guitar. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I guess you, yeah, you I, did. I, I, I didn't catch that. Yeah. Womp womp. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So on the foghorn of doom. Yeah, we've been take talking a break for now. over an hour already. Yeah. So. Right. So we're going to take a break now, and uh, when we get back, we're going to talk about hobbies now and expand into wives' hobbies and kids' hobbies and what have we abandoned in the last since 2000. So that should Maybe be we fun. we abandoned our wives or our kids. Wait. Yes. Oh, That's, Jesus. Wait, that got dark. Wow. <laughs> Sorry. All right. So we'll be back in a little bit. <laughs> All right, welcome to The Bridge and this week's Geek Life Radio Artist of the Week, which is Kirby Crackle and the song Ring Capacity for all of your Green Lantern rocking needs. Remember, we'll be playing the full song after the show credits. We are back, and uh, I hope you enjoy that interlude. And uh, mm. right now, we're going to talk about hobbies now, and uh, hobbies in the post, post-married, mm. post-2000, post-kids, post-existence. So, uh, post-existence. Post-Malone. <laughs> post- <laughs> hey, wait a minute, Mr. Postman. <laughs> Post-toasties. Oh, I like post The postman always rings twice. <laughs> All right. All right. I, I got a little haywire. I'm but... posted. So. Post cereal. I'm not even Post up, Pat. Post up. All right. We're done. You're done? Yeah, okay. We're done. All right. So what hobby has taken up most of your time for the now? Making up puns involving the word post. <laughs> Uh, I would probably have to stick with writing, to be honest. I don't okay. have a whole lot of hobbies as far as like anything that would cost money. Cause money, money, yeah. yeah. Most of my money goes into you know I waste most of my money on on rent and food. Yeah, you got to get out of worst. that, man. Pat actually is a uh, ghostwriter for many Harlequin novels. If you didn't know that. 
That's actually something I should look into. I could yeah. write one of. I could snap those out in probably two days. Oh, dude! If it's like a hundred, hundred and fifty pages. Yeah. The keep postman about the throbbing members. You're good. Yeah. The postman always thwacks twice. <laughs> um, what else can we name these? <laughs> but uh, wow, Joel, <laughs> what yeah. about you? I'm trying to redirect the conversation. <laughs> All right. Uh, one thing I forgot to mention last uh, last section, which bleeds well, over into done. this. You can't mention that now. No, it bleeds over into this now. Oh, uh, bleeding is, is bleeding. Uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, music uh, CDs primarily. I have probably three thousand plus CDs uh, in my collection and a lot uh, of that and you just use the word it's like i'd say this is more of the collection show that's not a hobby yeah it's a hobby, hobby though i mean like it w- i would buying find... things is not a hobby that's a collection oh, oh. i think uh-huh. i agree with this so so my whole thing about movies doesn't count because that's a collection okay it's a I collection gotcha. yeah yeah all right podcasting 100 percent. yes is... okay is is probably my primary hobby and has been for 15 years. Uh, and you just got a mic that works. <laughs> Harsh, not not incorrect, but I'm sorry, dude. If you're gonna softball that in there, man. I had a mic that worked, but for it two years, and then for more like than what it didn't. And then... I had, uh... yeah. No, I'm with you. I'm with you, Joel. hundred uh, percent. Podcasting is now my hobby. I'm a hobby podcaster. Gone as far as I have uh, taught lessons at my local library on how to start podcasting. I've been, you know, you and I both been guests on other podcasts. I've uh, done some remote stuff and interviews. Um, we had a thing at our like at the library. The library keeps hiring me for stuff, but we had like the. 50th anniversary of the library and I got to interview the daughter of the woman who founded the library which was really cool you know that sort of thing and I put it together and it was like like my uh my sister listened to it after I posted it and was like it sounds she's like you had a you have an NPR voice I'm like oh do I she goes yeah you're like so now we're going to be talking to so and so about the library and and the sweaty balls <laughs> 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 but yeah, I've I with the amount, you know, you know, doing the web page, managing the domains, doing the editing and all that sort of thing, it's been for us what seven and a half years now. Mhm. So, yeah, it, it and it's something I just fell into uh cuz I was doing Gregory the Really Angry Robot and uh one of the guys that was the host of the Awful show had I had been doing it on his his comedy site and then he he and his friend started podcasting and I joined up with them about sixteen episodes into that run of that show and just never stopped. You know, I, I lost count how many episodes of different shows I've done between guest posts and this stuff and uh my own independent stuff and it's crazy, you know. But uh, yeah, that's definitely my my primary hobby outside of, you know, I still write, I still draw, I paint, uh, you know, anything creative um, always, always is, takes up part of my time um, as well as being an avid film watcher, but avid film watcher. Yeah. Kind of a hobby. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not good films. Oh, no, I watch everything, anything and everything. Okay. I just watched hey. Coco last night. Yeah, he sneaks in some good films now, I guess. <laughs> Purely by accident, whatever. Yeah. See, their hobby is fucking with me. <laughs> oh, our hobby That's... of fucking with you has been around since we met you. Well, it's not my main years. one. I know. Mm. I know it's going to be shocking to everyone that my main hobby is gaming. What? Huh? 
Oh yeah, uh, and a lot of people say gaming, and they only mean one thing. Like I, I actually, there's very few games that I haven't at least dabbled in, and most of those are going to be like some of the very traditional board games, some of the games that are on the border between sport and game. Maybe I, those are going to be my weak spots, but like tabletop RPGs, uh, video games, of course, uh, board games that we got. So many, so many board games uh, yeah. that we regularly play. It's yeah. not just collecting them, but uh, d- definitely actually playing board games and card games. I'm with you on that, Josh. I I am sitting. I look across my room and I see a eight foot tall bookcase full of RPG source books, and then behind me is one of many stacks of uh, shelves of board games. It's yeah, a- we've yeah gotten to the point where we've just got shelves everywhere, like in closets, two floor to ceiling in our formal dining room. That's all right. mostly games. I have yeah. said it before that I have more movies and more board games than most people do in life, and you, all three of you, like have like three, four, five times more than I do. Yeah, when I think of gaming, I the first people I think of are you three, but then Josh and and Mike take it to a whole nother level. Yeah, I have a better inventory than almost every gaming store. Like, yeah. Games Plus has got more than I do, but there's there's a sh- real short list of uh, shops that actually have an inventory similar <laughs> to my stuff that's around the house that actually gets used. Yeah, that's part of the thing is, like, I, I love to game. I love playing games, and... Unfortunately, my like I have one daughter who's a gamer, another one who's a gamer, but not a board gamer. Mm-hmm. So like Katie does not dig board games. But here's the here's the thing is if you play like a strategy card game or something with her, she will win. She's good at them. She just doesn't want to play them. So that's that's the thing with her. Um I have conversations with people that they'll talk about like, oh, I just bought a new board game or like I was at Target uh last month. And there was a guy who was standing there and he had a, you know, there were three guys actually. And they were talking about buying a board games. They're all chatting with each other. And they had a copy of um, Hill House on one hand. And the other hand, they had a copy of uh, Risk. And I was like, oh, you know, what are you guys looking for? You know, oh, we have, you know, four or five people that we want to play together, that sort of thing. And I was like, I'm going to tell you right now, Hill House is 100% better than what you're holding in your other hand. And I I love games. <clears throat> I, I'm not always good at them, but here's, here's the weird thing is that why I think this is really a hobby is I'm not a hundred percent good at the games and I will lose probably 60, 40% of the time, 60% of the time, 40%, but I don't care. I enjoy the playing, you know, I enjoy discovering new games. I enjoy finding new, uh, play mechanics. I enjoy, you know, discovering new things, that sort of thing in the game arena. And, you know, it's it's always fun just to come up with house rules, too. Like when we played Dr. Lucky, you know, that was a lot of fun. That's, <laughs> that's you guys. I, I personally despise house rules. Oh, <laughs> you you and Suzanne would have matched up on this one because when we put the uh, um, uh, player killer you can, where you could kill the other players in Kill Dr. Lucky. Yeah, Suzanne still talks about that and really hates you for that, Patrick. <laughs> Uh, another hobby that I know Mike is starting that I actually acquired because of this podcast, uh, smoking meat and doing barbecue. Like I know you've just started, but that's mm-hmm. like, you look at, uh, my like photos or Instagram, it's all food dogs. <laughs> yes. Yeah, like barbecue dogs in games. Don't mix those up. Barbecue dogs. Mm-hmm. Love me some Korean food. Vietnamese. <laughs> 
Vietnamese? Right. Oh, yeah. wait. Yeah, all. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Whatever. whatever. Yeah. No, and I'm excited about this. I mean, I have plans. I have people coming over this weekend, and I have my uh, my Saturday morning alarm set for early so I can get the, everything started so it'll be ready by the time everybody wants to eat that evening. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, I'm finally uh, moving. Like, I'm still going to use the electric smoker, but uh, move into a pellet grill, which is still like uh, very easy mode smoking. But uh, right, I'm looking forward to it. Like, the, the it, it's kind of an upgrade from what I'm used to and what I'm used to. Like, I, I ran that smoker through hell. Like, there's cracks in the doors. I saw how pristine yours was, and I was like, yeah, mine... <laughs> Yeah. By comparison, looks like the worst toilet in Scotland. <laughs> it, mine's only three days old, so give it some time. Yeah. You know what's another weird thing that I found myself um, drawn to was I collect coffee mugs now, hmm. which I don't know if that's a if that's a collection or a hobby or that sort of thing. Yeah, buying stuff is definitely a collection. Yeah. It's just it's one of those where I I kind of like to have them on display type of thing and don't really use them. Now, if you were making coffee mugs, I gotta do yeah. that, man. Yeah, I would say like, that's a hobby. Like, is yeah. my DIY vape juice stuff is that a hobby? I would say yes, because yeah, yeah. Cre- versus just I like to vape. Taking that extra step and creating a custom vape juice makes it into a hobby. Yeah, yeah well, just I mean, like just like you know, go, you you could go to the store and buy vape. You could go to the store and buy beer. I would say if you make your own beer, that's a hobby versus you know buying your own beer. That's fair. Yeah. Now here's a question: What about like I like to make specialized liqueurs and that sort of thing? So like when I do my clarified milk punch and that sort of thing, is that a hobby? I mean, is it, it, would that fall into like the category I, of I like cooking? I think you'd have to do it more than just a few times, but yeah, if like you did it on a regular basis, yeah, I'd say it's a hobby. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, I, he's into cocktails and I would say that like getting into cocktails as a thing is a hobby. Mixology as a hobby, yeah. since you're not actually working in a bar, it's a hobby. Yeah. yeah. If yeah, you're not yeah. getting paid for it, then it's a hobby. Okay. I agree cool. with that. Yeah. That's fair. All right. Now, um, go ahead, Joel. Oh, I was just going to say back to the, the movies thing. It it is it is a hobby for me because I don't just watch film. I buy books. I read books. I you know study it online. You know I do a lot of research. So there's there's a lot that goes into that. But anyway, what were you gonna say? Oh, I I, I want to agree with you there, Joel, because for most people, movies is not a hobby. But you do take it to that level where I personally would say it qualifies using my definition. Yeah, it's also a collection, but that's another a show we already did. Yeah, because you're you're like a I think I think going over the crossover between I have a collection of movies and I have a hobby of watching movies is we can use you as a resource. Like I have a bunch of movies on the shelf versus I have a bunch of movies on the shelf and I can tell you exactly who the director is. I can tell you what their theme is. I can tell you what their style is, that sort of thing. Yes. That's now exactly here's what I was question. going for. What what hobbies does your wife or Sig have? Uh, well, I was just talking to my wife uh, on the, the break we did, and uh, for her, she's been an avid bowler since high school, uh, is, oh. is in leagues, and uh, has taken off the last year plus after COVID hit, but uh, that's been one of her primary hobbies. She's uh, a hand letterer. She, she's big into hand lettering, uh, bullet journaling, and just a lot of general kind of crafty uh, type endeavors. Um, and my kids, my oldest is draws 24 seven, whether it's on the laptop or 
sketchbooks. I mean, it's there is never a moment where something isn't being created. Whereas my youngest uh, is a was an avid video gamer. Uh, kind of had to take a break due to school, but um, now he's starting to get into uh, uh, movies and uh, he's doing a lot of research into like uh, he knows a lot about like. He's starting to get a collection of uh, figures like I have, but he's kind of putting more into it where he knows, like I know about movies, he knows about like who, you know, who created this figure and what the company is and the history behind it and like, yeah. way deeper than anything I am with some of that stuff. So, uh, but he's also an artist too. I mean, he, he doesn't draw as much uh, as a sibling, but it's, he's, they're both pretty amazing. Um, my wife has been into various things in addition to being an avid like gamer, almost from as young an age as I am, considering she's second generation gamer. Her dad was an RPGA member who I met before I met her. Uh, she's also a former reenactor, both uh, World War II, Civil War, and Roman. Uh, it's pretty into gardening. Uh, in general, like handy stuff around the house, which I, I think it crosses a line between like home maintenance and hobby. Mm. But when it comes to that kind of shit, like I'm way more useless than she is uh, on that kind of stuff. And there's the sewing and making of various pieces of clothing or if there has to be a costume made or a piece of kit made when she still did reenacting, uh, that was a part of that whole thing for her as well okay. as like the living history aspect of doing all the research to like know when people from the outside are talking about it. Like you can do some of the education about the period. You're not just like wearing a costume and walking around. That's cool. I like that. I did. I did not know that she. I mean, I knew she did some historical reenactment, but I didn't realize that she had gone so deep into it. Oh yeah, there was a, a time where she was going to events uh, all throughout the spring and summer for various reenacting things. Cool. Yeah, I let's see. Suzanne has been one of her biggest uh, hobbies recently. Has been. I don't want to get it wrong. Knitting is with the two sticks that have the pointy end. Crocheting is the two sticks that have the little hooky end, right? I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I can't argue. I think you're right. Crochet has yeah. the hook. Yes. Yeah. Crocheting. So she's, she's, um, she's big into that to the point where like my parents bought her a pair of like rosewood crocheting hooks that have like the cable that goes between them. Um, she's, crocheted hats one year she made hats for everybody one year she made scarves like infinity scarves for everybody uh and it comes and goes right now she's into minimalism in the way of you know like she's she wants to make everything neat and tidy not minimalism Ooh. like this is a scarf and she hands you a piece of yarn yeah no not <laughs> not not like that the deconstructed scarf you know no minimalism she's she's getting into this whole like uh like like we were kind of talking about it before the show, but you know, like uh, reduction and like can uh, organization and that sort of thing. And she also does a lot of. It sounds kind of cheesy, but like the dollar store hobby stuff. Oh yeah, Laura does that too. Yeah, so she watches the dollar store stuff, and she'll make uh, during Christmas time make wreaths and that sort of thing, and you know, like uh, advent calendars and 
you know, she'll go to the, I mean, honestly, I have no problem with it. She goes to the store and she spends a hundred, hundred bucks and she gets a ton of stuff, uh, and winds up making gifts for everybody from the stuff that she gets. So that's fine by me, but you know, she, that's, that's what she's been into. Um, yeah, there's some cool stuff they do with that. You know, there really is. I mean, and, and she watches like the YouTube channels and that sort of thing. So it's kind of, I'm, I, sometimes I'm kind of taken aback by it. I'm like, oh, that's kind of strange. Let's go to the dollar store. I never really thought outside of going to get a cheap can of soda. <laughs> yep. I never really thought of the dollar store outside of that. Um, yeah, Laura's kids, the exact same way. Yeah. And Sorry. kids, though, with uh, hobbies. Well, my older one, Katie, she is 100%. I don't want to say hobby, but hobby is moving over into a career for animation. Uh, she's does, uh, she's learning how to do short animations on the tablet that she has and she's illustrating. She wants to get into a video game, comic and, uh, illustration that way, character design. So that's kind of gone from like something that she did as a hobby into career wise. My other daughter cooks. Uh, Sophie just will like out of the blue, she'll stand up, be like, I'm going to go make some brownies. And she'll go in the, go in the kitchen and make chocolate chip fudge brownies from scratch, which is awesome on one side. On the other side, like we were talking about uh, earlier in the show, being on keto, someone who just will randomly make blueberry muffins and brownies is not a great person to have in the house sometimes. <laughs> but, um, hey, my daughter got into baking, which is great, but now I have to be in spinning class. <laughs> Yeah, yeah like, it's a double-edged sword. Yeah, it totally is. But uh, but no, I mean, it's it's good to see them, you know, like one other thing that uh, Sophie does is plays the ukulele. Oh, she, and she's got a hell of a voice, too. Yeah, that's the thing. In fact, I was watching um, a video I took of her the other day of her at a talent show where she played a uh, 21 Pilots um, song. I can't, I can't remember the, I, I can't, I can't remember the name of the song, but she belts it out and she just did an amazing job of it. She's got a great voice. She's very talented musically. We have one, one kid who's very talented musically and another kid who's very talented artistically. So you can kind of, kind of see where the genes split up between the two of us. But no, everybody's, every, it's nice to have everybody in the house has something that they can do to kind of like disconnect and just exist within their hobby type of thing. And that's nice. Patrick, I don't have a wife or kids. I don't know that you know of. <laughs> so their hobby is not existing, is what you're saying. <laughs> or, or apparently, their hobby is avoiding me. <laughs> now, have you had any hobbies in the recent years that you have attempted and then abandoned? Uh, I keep buying things to get back into uh, drawing, and I never, I never, I have a whole box full of all kinds of art equipment that I just never touch. An ex of mine even bought me art equipment, you know, because I keep wanting to get back into drawing things, but I just, I don't know. Yeah, I'm with you, man. Yeah. It's like, I just, whenever I have free time, I don't think about drawing. I think about all the other things I should be doing, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it sucks, man. Because I I go in, in bursts where I'll be really into creating things and, you know, making art, and then real life will kind of catch up, and it's like, okay, now I got to sideline that and, you know do adult type stuff right <clears throat> but luckily with laura now you know she's very much into that too so we kind of but it's one of those things for me where i feel like if if i'm in a, you know wanting to take a break from writing or want, take a break from doing whatever or if i'm up and it's like i feel like 
you know, taking a break from writing shouldn't mean that I start doing something else that doesn't involve like doing something around the house to take care of the family or whatever. You know, like, you know what I'm saying? It's like, I don't feel like I should just stop one hobby to go into another one. I feel like I should stop a hobby and then go do something around the house. Right. Toilet's not going to clean itself. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's like, so I don't, you know, I don't really get into a whole lot of hobbies. It's just, you know, I I spend my time either working, sleeping or writing is, is the main hobby. And then the rest of the time is just doing things that need to be done. Well, it seems like, unfortunately, there's just not enough time in the day to have time to focus on something that's too labor intensive. Uh because, you know, you've only got so many hours in the day and by the time you're done working and you've done stuff around the house and you made dinner, it's like, okay, well, I've got a couple hours left or whatever and I can watch a movie or I can start yeah, something and, that I won't be able to finish. At least when I'm, you know, like I said, cleaning or, or making dinner or whatever, you know, I could be thinking about, you know, things to write about. But, like, you can't think about drawing. Like, <laughs> drawing is something you had to physically do. Mm-hmm. That's why you sacrifice sleep. Yeah, yeah. And and I I just I don't do that. Sleeping <laughs> is not a hobby for me. Sleeping is a hobby for me because I sleep well. You know, besides the when I, whenever I'm not having insomnia, I sleep way too much. If I'm going through insomnia, then it's just a, a, a big mishmash of hours here and there. Otherwise, yeah, it's not uncommon for me to sleep for ten hours straight. What? Yeah, I can't even fathom doing that. Really. Sometimes I'd be happy with ten hours over two days. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, I can't think of anything, though, that I've really abandoned. I mean, I might might put something away temporarily, but I can't think of anything that I've started or even wanted to start that, you know, hasn't happened. I still have all my my old model train stuff, believe it or not. Hmm. Here's the question. What what size is all the model train stuff? Oh, that is a good question because it crossed my mind earlier when he was talking about it. H.O. Oh, okay. Okay. Now, going back into my, well, we had discussed my dad for a moment. Oh, yeah. um, he has a, let's see, outside of, of the hobby of building wood kayaks, which, all right, you know, this is, you know, what are you doing this weekend, Dad? Oh, I'm building a 20-foot long two-seater kayak. How many okay. kayaks do you need? Well, he sells them, dude. That's oh, the thing. Okay. It's like okay. he, he sells them and then he buys like other boats. Like I last year I went out with him to pick up three, you know, the sunfish little sailboats. Mm-hmm. He, he bought three of them. Hmm. He bought three of those, re fixes them up, paints them up, does whatever he does. And then he resells them. Huh? Yeah. And I'm like, okay, cool. Let, you know, great. Um, the other thing he does is the train setup. He has been collecting HO Lionel trains since he was a kid, which was a while ago. <laughs> and the thing is, my grandfather ha- collected those before he was born. So you go into the basement, uh, at his house, he has a probably 15, like it's in, 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 in L shape. So 15 feet on the long side and 10 feet on the other side. Train set up, HO set up with hills, and he's got all the old school HO, like uh, he has a, I used to love this thing when I was a kid. It's like a, you stop the car right next to the platform and the little dude will grab the milk container, like the big old school milk, stainless steel milk jugs, and take them off the cart and put it, the other guy will put them on the cart when he press the button type of thing. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. So, but he's got that and he's got like, um, 
little stores and during Christmas time he puts this whole like Christmas village together does in he, the dining room. Does he paint room. them and weather them and all that kind of stuff? No, he does he doesn't go as far as that, but he will he will put together like this 20 foot wide diorama for Christmas of just trains. And he, he has like specific Christmas trains and he puts out like the white stuff to make it look like it's snow and they have a little Christmas village and that sort of thing. So that's that's his thing. And he's got like a whole table all wired up with controllers and you can put like I think he can run four different trains all at the same time. Hmm. Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll have to go over and take some pictures of it because it's pretty damn impressive. And that's one of those things like with this and the ham radio thing and some of the other stuff that he does. I'm like, man, if you had told me how cool you were when I was 14, maybe we wouldn't have had so much conflict. <laughs> you know, so let me know the stuff you were into back then. That would be, that would have been pretty cool. So to get back to the question, because we kind of got off the track a little bit. Oh, um, I know one of the big hobbies that I was into that kind of fell by the wayside. Uh, I was playing Magic the Gathering, going back to Patrick's abandoned hobby from the first half. I was playing at a uh, competitive level where I was uh, winning pretty decent uh, amounts of money in tournaments. I was in a featured match against a pro at one point. Uh, I, I was never good enough to go to the pro tour myself, and I was never going to be the guy that everyone's like, oh, I, I'm going to take him seriously as the threat at this big tournament. But, you know, I was always in it. Hmm. And, uh, yeah, I did a few Grand Prix and did a bunch of pro tour qualifiers. And, like, then, like, I stopped working at a game shop and got a more serious job, a non-retail job and started playing hearthstone instead of magic and magic just kind of fell by the wayside it's not really a thing i do anymore do you still have all your cards yeah i didn't sell any of the cards and most of especially the old ones uh, they just keep going up in value so i don't see a reason to sell them uh, th yeah, there are certain I, when i sold mine i was like there's no way these are gonna this has got to be the top right so <laughs> they're still going yeah, but uh, I've still got them because there was a big break before I got back into it as an adult where there was like 10 years where I didn't play and then I went back. So that could happen again. Yeah, I, I'm in the same boat with you. It's like I haven't seriously played Magic or actually built a deck in 15 years, if not more. I think the last tournament I was in was when I was living in Georgia. And uh, every now and then, you know, though at the store... I'll I'll grab a, a booster pack or I'll grab a starter deck or something like that just to see what things look like. You know, like what the one that recently came out that had Godzilla as a character, you know, as a card. I was like, oh, you know, who who knows? Maybe I'll grab that one. I grabbed it, took a look at it, but I haven't, you know, I haven't really played played in a long yeah, while. The, the last Gen Con we were at, I stopped for a bit and watched guys playing Magic, and I was like, it, I just didn't even recognize it. Holy crap, what's going on yeah. here? <laughs> So many tokens. I'm not so good with words. <laughs> and all the creatures have all these new abilities that they didn't have back in the day. Yeah. Back in my day. Yep, well, exactly. I, you know what's funny is like I had a, um, I had some guys that I knew that were playing. They had just gotten into magic. And I was like, oh, yeah, I've, you know, they, you know, I was talking to them like, oh, you know, have, have you played before? I'm like, yeah, I'm familiar. I'm familiar with the game. Yeah, I've played for a while. You know, yeah. okay, well. My, my favorite is to tell people, like, you remember Ice Age? That I, oh, yeah, that was way back. I was like, yeah, that's when I stopped playing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, I know, right? But, you know, some of these guys are like, oh, yeah, you know, we get together every so and so and we play some, you know, we build our own decks and we play. And I'm like, yeah, I'll throw some decks together and, you know, play. And I put together a red deck and got with them. And, you know, 
I realized that I had been out longer than I had anticipated, than I thought, when I realized that like mana burn was not a thing anymore. It's not? It's not. Apparently it's not, because I played a mana flare, and everyone was like, oh, what does that do? It was, oh, well, every time you tap your card, you get twice as much mana. Oh, really? Well, yeah, un- unless I tap it, because I had like an, I had an icy, so I was tapping it out and untapping it only on my turn. And they're like, oh, that's pretty cool. You know, they were, the funny thing is they were kind of like, oh, yeah, it's kind of neat. You get twice as much. All right, cool, whatever. And then my turn came around. I was playing red. So when my turn came around, I was chucking fireballs at everybody, that sort of thing. And like, whoa, you know, does that, you know, then, of course, somebody called out, they know that play game is, that card isn't like legal anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, well, you're going to get into that, you know, putting rules down on me. Well, yeah, and Pat seems surprised that mana burn isn't a thing. That's mainly because there were too many weird interactions where it was advantageous to mana burn yourself. So they got rid of it. You could reverse it and give yourself health instead, that kind of stuff? Or Or like you wanted to take damage so you could draw a pile of cards, or you wanted to take damage so you could get off this crazy one-turn combo. And they got rid of the rule because like the only time it mattered is when you were exploiting it. Yeah, it was like shortly after like the uh, the necro decks where you took damage and drew cards for it. But anyway, yeah, it's like it, it was almost never a penalty and was sometimes uh, a weird cheesy play that they didn't want to incentivize. Interesting. So, just tossing this out there to close this out, what hobby do you wish you can get into? If you if money wasn't an option, what 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 would you want to get into? If money wasn't an option, what I would want to do would I would I would want to have one of those like half a million dollar ultimate gaming rooms with every miniature you could ever want and the you know the gaming the ultimate gaming board table that kind of crap you know that would be my ultimate things I would love to have an <laughs> ultimate place to play the best Dungeons and Dragons game you could ever play or Pathfinder or whatever tabletop or mm-hmm. even possibly like a full on RPG room yes nice uh, I don't know if there's something in particular that I could throw out there but i wish i was retired and had endless income and could just focus on my hobbies 24 7 but but what would which one would you want 100 percent to do i mean <clears throat> i mean of course uh, film is is my favorite pastime but uh as far as creative things go i mean you know podcasting is a regular thing uh, i but I'd love to have more time to to make things, you know, write and uh, create art. Okay. I just don't feel like I have enough time to really invest in it. You know, you know what Joel should do if he had like you know the whole money is no object. He's retired. And he can do you know, blah blah blah. You would set up your own like Cisco and Ebert in the studio set set. We have your own little <laughs> theater and you watch your movies and <laughs> and you literally you release like once a day. You release a review of a movie and your goal is by the end you know it's like I want to watch every movie ever made and review it and you release a movie review a day and I die the next day. <laughs> I get it all set up. I get the first one ready to go. First show is Sharknado. You get that one in the books and then die in your sleep have, that night. I die that night. Yeah, that, 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 that's what would happen. <laughs> you do what Sharknado just kind of like as a joke. And then the first one, that's the only one you get to do. <laughs> that's my legacy. You're welcome. I'm pretty sure if money was no object, whatever I did would have to involve travel. Like, and I'm not even sure that's if is is that even a hobby? Traveling is a hobby, yeah. We'll allow it. 
I mean, not just going on vacations, but traveling for specific purposes, whether that's uh, traveling to uh, experience the most interesting food that a location can have to offer, like uh, hitting the Michelin starred restaurants, uh, traveling to just see what what's out there. I could I, I totally could see that as that is a hobby. You are a you're a traveler, a culinary explorer. Yeah. Ah, there you go. Yeah, I mean, most of, uh, like, Jim Gaffigan's whole joke is that a lot of your uh, time on vacation is just going somewhere to eat. But it's kind of true. Yeah, he's not wrong. I mean, that's one of the things I love about traveling is, is you know, part of the culture is, is experiencing the food. Yep, mm-hmm. that's true. 100%. <clears throat> Some of the best meals I ever had in my life on vacations were at hole-in-the-wall little places that, you know, locals recommended. In Aruba, yeah. we found this one place that was just nowhere. It was like the middle of nowhere. And every time we went there, we were the only people there. <laughs> and it was always like, how are you in existence? But we went there, you know, every single time we and, and had just had amazing meals. It was like they they would fish like that morning and, and get get their menu for the day. Those places are awesome. <laughs> yeah. So travel. Yeah, I think I think travel could be considered a hobby. Yeah. <laughs> And Joel wants to be a hobby uh, lighthouse. I do. So is that I know, it? I, are we are we done? Yeah, I think we are. I don't so uh, yeah, thumbs up on hobbies. <laughs> yeah, if yeah. there's a uh, favorite hobby that uh, you think that we didn't cover adequately, maybe it's something that you think we probably actually do but forgot to talk about. Uh, let us know, or let us know what your hobby is by giving us a call at seven zero eight now wrap. That's seven zero eight six six nine nine seven two seven. Yep. And if you're looking for some more of this stuff, you can find us on i Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. We are all over the web. Uh, again, you can also find us on our uh, home at 40go14.com. And if you would like to support the show, you can go to our Kofi donation site, which is uh, Kofi dash, uh, I'm sorry, KO dash FI uh, dot com. And there's a link to it on the show notes and on our webpage that you can uh, support us by buying us a cup of coffee. We really appreciate that. Uh, Joel, what do we have coming up next week? Uh, well, we've, uh, in the next few weeks, we've got, uh, we're going to ask you to get over here for some Mortal Kombat. So we're going to be talking about some Ultraman. And uh, we're going to be doing a uh, follow-up Sherlock Holmes show where we're going to be talking about the Baker Street Boys versus the new Netflix series, The Irregulars. Yeah. Very cool. Well, if you uh, also want to tell us about your hobbies, follow Josh's advice. Give us a call, and uh, we will be back next week. Thank you for listening. <laughs> Oh, we probably better, yeah. I'm sorry, what? Oh, okay, good. In case you were wondering. Glad you cleared that up. He's a foghorn now. (laughs) So, Joel, how many many hobbies did you have as a kid? (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, the ships are coming in. Are you going to count us in, Josh? <laughs> I suppose I better. Let's do Audacity in five, four, three, two, one. <laughs> I knew it was coming. Oh, That's what she said. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
See what I do here? You guys aren't picking up any uh, uh, echo, are you? No. No. I I didn't even bother plugging in my headphones. Fuck it. We'll do it this way. Cool. All right. We're already recording. (laughs) (laughs) Douche nozzle. All right. Starting the theme in five, four, three, two. To find my place, I'm guarding 2814. I don't know why it's chosen me, but from the corner of my eye, I catch a glimpse of evil light. The fear tries to swallow me like I'm just some guy with an Feel like- 